0: Welcome to Circus Voices, brought to you by CircusTalk.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Lee Iverson from In Center Ring. Circus Talk is the leading online career and casting marketplace for circus and performing arts and an essential resource for circus and multidisciplinary artists and talent seekers. Circus Talk offers job listings, career development content, and a talent database that talent seekers use for hiring. Our podcast features engaged conversations with international experts including professional artists and talent seekers, creative leaders, influential coaches and teachers, and industry innovators. These interviews offer you insight into the diverse and dynamic world of circus and performing arts. In this week's episode, Juliet Feld Grossman, COO of Feld Entertainment, the world's leader in live family entertainment. Hailing from a celebrated lineage of business leaders and impresarios, Juliet Fell Grossman is quickly becoming one of the most powerful women in all of entertainment, all while wielding the reins to some of the industry's most renowned properties, including Monster Jam, Jurassic World Live, and the much-anticipated return of Ringling Brothers and Barnum & Bailey, the greatest show on earth. Now, you are now the the one and only COO of Feld Entertainment, Juliet Feld Grossman, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages and everyone in between. Welcome this wonderful, wonderful dynamic dynamo in the business world and all of live entertainment. I'm so happy to have you here.
1: Well, thank you for that introduction. I don't think I could have... Uh... I could
0: have asked for anything more. Well, you know, I have to do it up. I mean, you know, I mean, look, your your wonderful family is who gave me my start. That's how I made my bones, folks, at Feld Entertainment. I remember you when you were a dynamic college student out there in Chicago and doing your thing. And I mean, just to see your growth and to see what you're doing um, for live entertainment is really, really wonderful. And impressive. And so we've grown together. We've known each other for well over two decades. And so you, you've done well. You're, you're like this. You're like what Beyonce sings about.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> no one has ever said that to me before. And I don't know if they'll ever say it again. So I'm going to absorb it and appreciate it. Thank you. You know, I feel like it's great to be reconnecting and it's great to see like what a position you have now within the circus community. Like, I think that's really, um, it's really special. And I think that, you know, I'm third generation circus, which is far less than many people I know. Um, you're first generation, you Priscilla first generation circus. And I think that it's important that people see that circus is a world and a industry that you can enter, even if you're not born into it, and and really are emblematic of that.
0: Well, circus has been a part of you before you were even born. Um, You come from some real legendary stock. I always enjoyed speaking with your father, Kenneth fell about his father, because he always lights up. (laughs) when He talks about his dad and all the things he learned from him. And so the question I have for you now that you're a leader, you're in this place, where you're actually carrying on this tremendous legacy. What have you gleaned from Kenneth? What have you gleaned from your legendary grandfather that you bring to the table now?
1: Well, I'm lucky I get to work alongside my dad and learn from him and um, there isn't anyone, um, I don't know if there's anyone with more experience in live entertainment period in producing shows than, than he has, um, not only ringling, but obviously, you know, across genres, across, you know, demographics, every, you know, every kind of live performance you can imagine. And what, what is really remarkable about him is that he continues to develop and to change and to see things differently with the times. And I think that's where we are as we look Towards the future, of Ringling. You know, it's a property that has to continue to develop and change, and that means taking some risks. Because to change is a risk, but not to change, not to return, would be a greater risk and and um, disappointment. I think to all of our our fans and um, everyone who's seen it and everyone who's yet to see it and experience it.
0: So what inspired this return for 2023, right?
1: 2023, we'll be taking the live tour um, out again in North America. And then we're also accompanying the launch of the live tour with other activities to bring people and engage people with Ringling every day of their lives. You know, we're in tour. We come into people's hometowns once a year, once every other year. Um, ways that we can be part of their lives and in their homes more often. So media content, greater social and digital engagement, more retail and consumer products programs, you know, docu-series, all kinds of ways that people can find to experience and enjoy Ringling, but really to play Ringling. You know, there's no greater way for the family to get to do something together. It's not just sitting and watching a show. It's about playing it, being it, you know, everybody in the family can come and do something within circus that's that's silly, that's for all abilities, that is fun, that that's non-competitive, it's collaborative. You know, I think these, it's athletic, it's dramatic play, it's creative expression. And that is something that is so dynamic about ringling and about circus that we want to share with more people.
0: So this will be an even more immersive experience for your audiences than it's ever been.
1: It will be, there will be more ways to connect with the property altogether. And then when we talk about the live tour as the, um, as the centerpiece is the keystone of the overall reimagining We are looking at more ways that the audience is part of the production, our, you know, co-creators, co-collaborators with us and get to experience and interact more, whether it's through, you know, more traditional forms of audience engagement, but also looking at ways that we can use technology to draw people in to be a part of it.
0: Okay. So when you all were making the decision to revamp Ringling, to bring it back, to reimagine it like what really went into the decisions you've made for it? Of course, you know, a lot of us have, for some reason, we all have this interesting um, relationship with change. And um, I I think I heard both you and your father speak about this rather eloquently, that Ringling actually has gone through numerous uh, reincarnations over its existence. So this is not new but for some reason where even though technology and uh, so many things are forcing us into different leaps of evolution and change in how we work, how we interact, how we eat and everything and how we entertain, it still seems like a big surprise that this great American icon would shift a bit. Why do you think that is? I
1: think with anything, where you have fans, fans always feel a strong sense of ownership with their team, with their favorite, you know, entertainment franchise. People create a lot of, you know, they create fan fiction. They have forums where they talk about, you know, content on their favorite TV shows. And so to have something where you have fans, you have to, you have to support that ownership aspect. And people, I think, tend to fixate on, either their first or their most memorable experience with a property. So when people think of Ringling, they think of like their favorite memory, where they saw it, who they were with, you know, and, and their favorite element of the performance or overall experience. And then I think it's very hard to come off of that because that is so special. It's, it's in your heart. And so when I think about the future of ringling, it has to change because that's just how things are, the nature of performances, the kinds of talents coming up, you know, the touring and and dynamic of arenas, and the also the ability to bring in technology and other things that will enhance and give us more like points of view in terms of the performance. all of those are opportunities. and we have to we have to create shows for the the families that are emerging and coming up and the kinds of entertainment that they want to see but what can't change what's important that can't change is how you feel when you experience it so the wonder the awe the fascination and what that was at the turn of the century like you know 18 to 1900 maybe also 1900 to 2000 and now going forward like that's all different. What could surprise you and all you then, even as a child, like is different to what it would be now. And so we have to keep upping the ante. We have to keep developing new ways to surprise and amaze and astound the audience. But that feeling should be the same. When you go um, with, whether it's your biological family or found family, whoever it is, that feeling of closeness hmm. that get from being there together that is so important and that's really I think what makes it so memorable that you experienced it together.
0: Staying along the lines of change um, I I believe the great curiosity a lot of people have is what went behind the decision to not include animals in this rendering of Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey and are they a possibility for future additions?
1: We will not be touring animals, nor do we have intention to, um, going forward and we listen to our audience and, um, our audience had a lot to say about, you know, their feelings about performing animals, times have changed and perspectives on that have changed And we also have, you know, over time, seen regulation come up that would, you know, not allow continual touring of animals. You know, you're not able to do that consistently given the nature of um, some of the regulation that comes in. And so we're going to every hometown and we're listening to the consumers of today. And that's why we've made this decision.
0: Okay, that's understandable. Now I want to zero in on you. (laughs) (laughs) And, and your leadership style. I mean, um, you know, this is great. You've been at the forefront of uh, Monster Jam, um, Jurassic World Alive. That's that's a that's that's your baby, um, Marvel, as well. I, I would really love to know, like, what what do you feel is your leadership style? What is the mark that in your producing style? What do you, what do you think you're actually um, carving out?
1: I'm part of a really good
0: team. And
1: I um, I get to learn from my father, who has so much experience and knowledge. And then I also have, you know, remarkable people around me who have much more experience than I do and expertise. And I I rely on them and I trust them. And I really try to learn as much as I can from the people that surround me and I think the most important thing I can do is to create an environment in which people
0: can feel like comfortable and open
1: doing their best
0: work. Okay. So, you know, I'm going to dig a little deeper here because you get to work under your father who is without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, one of the greatest live entertainment producers ever walking the earth. And that is, a heck of a mentor to have but he's still your dad and so i'm curious to know how do you all separate that relationship like i mean because you're 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 learning the actual business and you're growing in the business and he's teaching you that i mean is there kind of a split there like from dad to business partner
1: yes and no i um i think that over the past few years, particularly since I moved to Florida and we spend a lot of time together and he spends a lot of time, um, you know, as a grandfather and my kids, we really differentiate the time. We come into the office, we're focused on work and he is incredibly generous in his mentorship and guiding me, but not telling me how to do things and being open to my ideas and perspectives and processes. And then when we're together, like with the family, he's very much, you know, a dad and a grandfather. And, you know, I think that makes both relationships really fulfilling.
0: So you're able to really make that distinction, of course, which isn't an easy thing to do, but it almost sounds like a real circus family. (laughs) I will say
1: that one of the things I know that I make the distinction, because even if I'm at home, If we're talking about work thing, I call him by his first name. If we're talking about something in the family, I call him dad or, you know, by his like grandfather name. So (laughs) I know that I'm making a distinction because I do that subconsciously.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Now, as far as your, your your famous sisters, Nicole and Alana, how involved are they in Feld Entertainment? Are they still producing shows as well?
1: Nicole and Alana are very much involved, and they are really supportive and excited about everything that we're we're doing. They're also taking on some other career pursuits and endeavors, but they um, continue to be involved in the strategic vision for the company.
0: You're a woman at the helm, and um, <laughs> it, it's sort of this fascinating. Uh, time for women in many, many ways. We're seeing a lot of women first in very high positions and things of that nature, women taking the reins of leadership. Does that ever factor in?
1: There are certainly things that I know I have to consider in my life and in the way that I really manage probably my family and business life. But I think about it more in that everybody has challenges and a balance of their work and their life, regardless of their gender, regardless of their family life or, you know, anything else. And so how do we show leaders within the company, like how do we show compassion and empathy towards, you know, the needs that people have that extend beyond the business? And how do we provide like opportunities fully, even you know, without understanding the circumstances of of somebody in particular, but just that we want to, you know, equitable opportunities across the board. You know, I'll tell you one example. In some ways, you know, driving a monster jam truck is a little bit like circus in that there weren't as many ways in if you weren't born into it, right? Like if your family had, you had access to a monster jam truck, like you had access to a tightrope and somebody to teach you, you learned how to drive. And so in that way, it became a limiting factor for drivers in Monster Jam. So we created Monster Jam University 2014 to invite more women and more people of color to be on the track at Monster Jam. And so we started that eight years ago. And in that time, we've developed close to maybe 100 drivers. And so we've been able to bring more people into Monster Jam, representing all walks of life and connecting with, you know, being more relatable to our audience because we created a training program. And so I think, you know, just look at how can we provide opportunities because what we do, what we create in terms of entertainment is for everyone. And so we should be seeing everybody, you know, on the track, on the arena floor, you know, behind the scenes, like, and sometimes we have to really build to create those opportunities.
0: I did notice that with your uh, your casting choices for your new Ringling Brothers show, um, it's wonderful to see. I, I tune into my LinkedIn or my Facebook and I, I see your wonderful uh, casting director it does not get off a plane. <laughs> <laughs> and he's all over the place and he's all over the world. Uh, really gathering new dynamic and exciting acts for this new rendition of Still the Greatest Show on Earth. What goes into that decision-making? What goes into, you know, how you all visualize how you want the new Ringling Brothers to look going forward?
1: Well, we have to have the best talent in the world. That's a given. And then the next thing we want is big personalities. You know, and what, what we really want to do more of in this show than we've done in the past perhaps is draw more performer personalities, get to know people more. Who are they? How did they develop this? What was it like when they started training? What's the determination that's required to do what they do? And some of that you know, video content, IMAG, personal camera, other ways that we can get more of that close up you know, either like a physical close-up or just the sensibility of getting to know people a little bit better. I think you know that's that's definitely um, one of the important elements of our casting process. And then we're looking for, you know, a variety of kinds of performance: ground-based, aerial, you know, individual acts, troops. We're looking for geographic diversity. We want, you know, obviously a lot of vibrancy and energy and, you know, people are truly multi-talented because we, you know, we've got about 75 performer places and so there's going to be a lot of show to make with 75 exceptional performers and we, you know, we're just... We have very high standards, but we've also seen exceptional talent. So we're really excited. And Julio is new to our team and
0: is a is a tremendous asset. That's awesome. I want his I want his uh his his miles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like man, he does not stop. That is awesome. Now you know you have a lot of uh, different wonderful shows that are popping up. And so you have new leaders and people who are producing things and creating. And I'm curious to know from your perspective, as a a leader yourself, one who is constantly in a a state of growth, where you sit now, having put together so many tremendous offerings, uh, again, Jurassic World Live, uh, Marvel Universe Live, The Monster Trucks, what would be your sound advice to a young aspiring, let's say circus owner, <laughs> you know, somebody who said, I want to just get my own thing and I want to get out there. What would you say to them as far as, you know, uh, leading something of that nature?
1: You know, given all those credentials, this is actually the first circus I've ever produced. So I hardly say that I'm in a position yet to advise. advice. Um, you know and i look on everything i do as just an opportunity to keep learning and there's always something else to to learn and develop and to grow from and and something you can apply from you know what you've done whether it's successful or not right um yeah i don't really give advice because i, I still feel like i'm learning <laughs>
0: I hear you. I hear you, and, and I'm curious to know: Are you going to have multiple units of the new Ringling Brothers show? Or is it just going to be one show?
1: At this time, we'll have one um, one touring show going out in fall of 2023, and then we are looking at some other kinds of experiences and activations um, that will give people other ways to interact with Ringling.
0: Okay, and uh, are you going to be traveling only domestically? Or are you going to make it an international um, offering?
1: The focus in the immediate term is North America.
0: Well, I do have a, a, a one last question. It's a, it's a it's a doozy, so I don't want you to I don't want you to get too nervous, but um, I but I think it's proper for this time. So between a Jurassic World live Velociraptor and a classic Ringling, Brothers and Barnum and Bailey elephant. Which one tugs at your heart more?
1: You know, everything that we that we create and do is it's all supported by people who've dedicated their lives to doing this, whether it's caring for the you know Asian elephant species, whether it's the engineering and puppeteering of, of a Velociraptor, or if it's, you know, the, the tuning of a monster jam truck, that's really humbling and it is my family's business, but what I see is a lot of other people who, you know, I'm not the only multi-generational person at this company. And as I look at what we do, I just want to make everything successful so that we can continue to do that. And, you know, it's pretty special that what we do every day is to put joy into the world and to bring people like moments of happiness and escape from sometimes hardship in their lives. And so you know, that's a really beautiful thing that we get to do. And um, that's what, you know, that's the thing that brings me the most pride.
0: Being a joy peddler. (laughs) Yeah. I dig that. You know, uh, and I lied, this is my last one because I've always been curious about this. Have you, was this always the direction for you? Did you always think you would actually end up um, working in or with or for Feld Entertainment? When I was a kid, what
1: I really wanted to be was an astronomer. And so while I don't exactly do that, I get to do a lot of, uh, you know, uh, with everything that we have, I still get to do a lot of stargazing.
0: (laughs) And star making. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, she is the one, the only, Juliet Fell Grossman. Thank you for joining us. Thanks,
1: Jonathan.
0: Glad to be here. Thank you to Juliet Feld Grossman for joining us here on Circus Voices Podcast. Be sure to join us for our final episode with guest Kenneth Feld, chairman and CEO at Feld Entertainment, parent company of Ringling Brothers and Barnum & Bailey, the greatest show on earth this special edition of circus voices presents circus reimagined is a co-production between circus talk and Incentoring. join circus talk pro today if you do not already have a circus talk profile i invite you to create one and to upgrade to pro if you are a talent Take advantage of the newest profile fields that make you stand out in talent searches. And if you are a talent seeker, do not miss out on accessing over 30,000 talent profiles from 193 countries. We have a special offer for Circus Voices listeners. Receive 15% off your annual membership by using the code CircusVoices2022. Our podcast design was created by Emily Holt and music was composed by Book Tennyson. You can follow the Circus Voices podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.